The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. An ambassador for the dogs and broadcasting live from Truist Park every day. All day, every day. It's time for Buck's Beat with Buck Baloo holidays to you and your family uh, hope you all can make it home for the holidays we're going to be hosting some family again this year which means a full course meal stuffing sweet potato casserole mac and cheese green bean casserole honey baked ham turkey man it's going to be a feast now my fave doubling back later for that big ham sandwich and our house has always it's always been a full dose of Thanksgiving football, too. The high school football playoffs, college football rivalry games, and, of course, the National Football League. I just love it. Maybe a round or two of golf if the sun's shining, if the weather's right. Make for a great Thanksgiving. Bucks Beat is sponsored by Mickey Himes and the Get Mickey team at Keller Williams. If you're searching for a Lake Lanier property, or a home up 400, Mickey Himes is an expert. Looking to win in a multi-offer situation? Would you like to sell fast with a guaranteed offer? Call Mickey at 678-341-7474 or go to getmickey.com and get the deal done. Number one Bulldogs are off to Lexington to face Kentucky and what... Appeared to be a key matchup in the preseason. Uh, now, not so much. Kentucky hit the skids after that 4-0 start. They were number seven at the time. And now the Cats have lost four of their last six and just got beat by Vanderbilt. Wildcats have taken a big step back on the line of scrimmage this season. What used to be a strength, well, it's now a weakness. The O-line... Man, they've taken a big step back. They used to call that thing the big, big blue wall. I'm not sure. They're calling them something else these days. Just ask quarterback Will Levis, who's been sacked 33 times this season. He's going to sue for non-support. Kentucky's offense last in the SEC in total offense. Number 94 nationally in scoring offense. Their offensive coordinator, first year on the job, Rich Scangarello signed a three-year deal. He might not make it through the first year before he gets fired. Look for the dogs' defense to shut these guys down. Georgia's offense is playing well. Stetson Bennett, number two in the SEC, number seven nationally in total QBR. He's getting a lot of clean pockets, seeing the entire field, and throwing a lot of lasers. Now, I'm hearing some criticism coming out of the Mississippi State game about Stetson and the turnovers. But isn't that a little unfair? I mean, the first interception in Starkville, his arm got hit on the release. Is that his fault? And then the second pick was a batted ball by the defensive tackle on the line of scrimmage. Is that Stetson's fault? I would say no. Come on, man. The mailman's balling, making plays with his legs anytime he gets ready. This Bulldogs offense averaging 41 points a game. That's number four in college football. And take note, the offensive line is up for the Joe Moore Award, recognizing the, the nation's top 
offensive line. And Coach Monken doing a great job of dialing up targets for both Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, incorporating the tight ends into this offense. And let me tell you, at receiver, which I believe is the weak spot on this team right now, Seeing Kiaris Jackson, a senior, step up big here recently, and that's huge with Ad Mitchell out. Rosemi Jack Saint has also elevated his play, and you know McConkie's getting the deal done. Really good to see Arian Smith getting some opportunities on some deep balls the last couple of games, too. All right, so Georgia 41, Kentucky 13, which means they cover if you're wondering. Next up, Georgia Tech and Athens, which is going to be a mismatch, as you know, is becoming the norm in the regular season with a blowout of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia is going to the SEC championship game, I believe, 12-0 and and ranked number one in the country. And looking forward to, uh, what do you say we look ahead right now? Brian Kelly and LSU will show up in Atlanta thinking upset and dreaming of stealing the SEC title and jumping into the playoff mix. Joining me now is John Forcade, host at ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, former Saints quarterback and a big-time star at Ole Miss back in the day. John, appreciate you coming on with us, man. Hey, LSU and Georgia in the SEC championship game. What kind of chance do you give LSU in that matchup? Yeah, to be honest with you, you look on paper and you got no way uh, they can go into Georgia and beat Georgia. At, you know, in Atlanta, it's like a home game. But look, nobody thought they'd beat Alabama. They took care of business there. They they struggled against uh, Arkansas. This is a good LSU football club. I don't know if they can go in, Buck, and um, and beat Georgia. I, I really don't think they will beat Georgia. I think it'll be a competitive game. LSU's played so much better the second half of the season since the loss to Tennessee. I'll give them a chance to get in there and keep it close for a while, but I think Georgia's just got too many horses. They'll pull away. Tell you what, I really like their quarterback. I liked him when he was at Arizona State, and I really like what he's done this year. Sort of the uh, wild card in this matchup. I mean, if he runs crazy, making big plays outside the pocket, that could be huge for LSU. What's been your impression of Jaden Daniels? Well, when he first got to LSU, I was a little skeptical of him because, like, why are you leaving Arizona State? I understand, you know, whatever the program was down there. But he comes to LSU, and we didn't really know much about him. It's a little bit because we don't watch a lot of, uh, you know, Pac-12 uh games but i'll say this when it started out i said he cannot last in the sec playing at florida state with all that running he's got to learn how to throw the football and throw it accurately and tell you what brian kelly got on him early in the season i saw something and the guy changed buck he he went for it's sort of like hurts from from philadelphia last year he was just running all over the place and somebody got with him taught him how to throw the football Sort of throws a little bit like you, you know, you know, accuracy on a pinpoint, you know, to Lindsey Scott over the middle. But look, the kid Daniels has done a great job with this offense. He runs now. He runs when he sees things to run, and he throws the ball pretty good. He's a really good underneath thrower. He's not a deep ball thrower. That's the problem he's got. But he's very accurate underneath throwing the football, and he knows how to run when they want him to run the football. He's gotten wiser. Over on the defense, LSU's got a star, man. This breakout star, Harold Perkins Jr., four sacks against Arkansas. He's a big-time player. Uh, should Stetson Bennett be concerned about this dude? Yeah, you know, he's a true freshman, and, and the kid got a name like he's a singer. You know, that's the thing about <laughs> it. 
like, this guy doesn't look like a football player. He's got a name like a singer. But look, I don't care if he's singing and he's humming or whatever he's doing. The kid, since the Ole Miss game, that's when he came out and became much, you know, of a name after the Ole Miss game. And I'm like, well, let's follow him and check him out. And down here, they're loving him. He controls the defense. Now, look, LSU's got players all across the board. But he stands out defensively for them, even though they got some good other ball players. But he makes plays defensively that inspires the other guys to play better. Um, yeah, I would say this. Benson better be prepared for him because he's the kind of kid who can chase him down if he wants to run. He's got the capability of playing a, a rover-type guy that he can roam around and, uh, and do things defensively. But, I, you know, it's just not a one-man team, so I don't know if he can carry their whole LSU defense. But he's a star player, and he's only a true freshman. John, if you had a vote and you had to vote today, who's your SEC Coach of the Year? Wow, that's a good question. It, it I mean, it, 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 you can go, you can go right now with uh, Kirby, but you know what? That's that's kind of you expect that from Kirby. Well, I mean, he I replaced a really, hundred people. Right, he did. He did. I got to go. Look, it's it's him and, and Kelly, and maybe let me say, no, I'm gonna rephrase that. I'm gonna go him. I'm gonna go your boy at Tennessee and Kelly. You got to go with that. No Kiffin. Ah, uh, let me say this. Be honest with you. Kiffin's done a good job there, but he struggled in some situations. You know, they should have lost Kentucky. Didn't play very well against Vandy first half. Didn't play very well against Tulsa. They won uh, Alabama game. He, he just he's like a deer in headlights. Uh, he's not quite there yet. I mean, you got to pick one guy, Buck. I can't pick them all. I know I, it. I think the guy in Tennessee's done a better job than what Kiffin done. Uh, I, I'm just, I think Kelly's done a, a fantastic job when they were picked fifth. In the SEC, and there he is, win the West. So, Kiffin's down the, down the road. You know, he's not really on the on, a, on the top of scale top scale yet for me to pick him as the SEC coach of the year. I'm going to penalize Kelly for that Cajun accent he tried to pull off that family <laughs> thing. And his dancing, that dancing that day. <laughs> hey, what about Lane Kiffin leaving Ole Miss to go to Auburn? That one's running rampant out there. Rumors flying all over the place. John, what do you think happens with him? I my belief is that no way he's going to do that because he would never get the Alabama job if he did that. He's going to leverage this to get more money out of Ole Miss and continue this hope that he could replace Saban down the line. Well, first and foremost, he needs Nick Saban to, to eventually retire in a few years. And how long do you think he's going to want to stay at Ole Miss? I don't know, another three, four years. Right, that's probably the case. Does he stick around three, four more years and nobody else comes to him in three or four more years, and maybe another big institution on the West Coast or something of that nature. Look, the rumors are out there. We're hearing it all the time about, well, the only reason he'll go to Auburn is for two reasons. One is they're going to double his pay, I'm sure, with the Ole Misses. And secondly, he's going to get a bigger NIL program than he would at Ole Miss. You know the money that Auburn has and money they can throw around. But the right part about what you're saying is that if he wants the Alabama job, he goes to Auburn, he'll never get it. Now, he can still go to Auburn and compete and, and, and win some games and, and maybe beat you know Alabama you know half the time he's there. But is that what he wants to do? Or if he wants to think he's going to go to Alabama and then just take over what Nick has done. But, you know, Auburn's not a bad job. They just back off and let the head coach do the job. But it will be hard to leave Ole Miss for the fact that he's going to Auburn knowing that his mind still wants to go to Alabama. Hey, what about Heupel and Hendon Hooker this season and what they've done minus the Georgia game, which uh, they were playing in a hostile environment there. 
But this offense has been really impressive. Hendon Hooker, you know, as far as the advanced analytics go, very uh, only a couple guys playing better than he is right now. What's your, what's been your impression of of the job those two guys have done at Tennessee? Well, first let's talk about Hypo. I think Hypo's come across and, and just done some things there. Why other coaches couldn't do it? I mean, he's getting the players. There's obviously he's got some players that come there. Uh, his offense is what makes him makes that team and you got to have the right guy in control of your offense throwing the football much less running the offense and the hooker kid came in and i was not impressed at all with him early last season and i said wait a minute let me get this kid some chance he got a chance toward the season last year to really finish strong and what he's done this season is the same thing i'm saying the Daniels kid, he improved in his throwing department. Uh, the young man can throw the football. He's leading that ball club, but he's in the right offense for that buck. You know, some quarterbacks who think they're great throwers, they can go somewhere and do it, but they just couldn't handle it. This young man stepped up. He got in there with Heupel's offense, and they are just clicking. Yep, last you know, last week they had a down, uh, two weeks ago, sir, I say they had a, a downgrade against uh, Georgia Bulldogs. But, look, most teams are going to have problems against Georgia Bulldogs. But, look, Tennessee did a fantastic job with their coaching search. Got him in there. This, this hooker kid is, is phenomenal. He's up there to the top five. May even get invited to New York. We will see. But uh, that team has impressed me with one loss. And we'll see how it ends at the end of the season. See if they can squeeze in and backdoor it into the playoffs. What do you think about my man Stetson Bennett? That's kind of a funny book. And we, we did a story on him just the other day. We talked about him, how he, you know, walk on nobody wanted him. But, look, the, the kid stuck around. He could have left. You know, a lot of kids that go walk on somewhere don't make it. They leave and quit. This young man stuck it out, got a golden opportunity, and he and he thrived on it. And the thing about it, Buck, and I keep going back to he's improved like the other quarterbacks I talked about. He's gotten better as the year's going on. And, Wow, I know he's small, you know, 5'11", that's you know, stretching him, whatever it may be. They say he throws a good football. I've seen that. He runs that offense just right for what Georgia wants. Uh, he's not going to light you up with all the stats and this and that. But the kid wins, and that's what counts. He wins. Hey, I can't have you on without asking you about the Saints. Let me first start that by asking if you miss Sean Payton. Yeah, they miss Sean Payton here. Uh, the thing about Sean Payton was – he, he knew how to run the offense. He knew how to control the players. You're not seeing that here with the New Orleans Saints with the Allen and Pete Carmichael. Carmichael's lost as an offense coordinator. Uh, Allen's just deer in the headlights. He, he, he doesn't get the players' command. We see a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, the New Orleans Saints organization missed Sean Payton. But, look, 16 years of being here, uh, I respect the man wants to move on just like Bill Collier did. But with all that being said, I don't know what's going on with these guys. They're going to start Andy Dalton again. I mean, is there something wrong with, with Winston from not just the standpoint of injury, but has he been practicing back? As they say, he's been practicing. Uh, they say he's been doing everything. Uh, they, they don't sit there and say that he's still hurt. If he's practicing and he's the backup quarterback going into the game, then why not start the kid and see what he can do toward the end of the season here. But the Saints are struggling bad. Now, we just can't figure this out. They got quality players before the year began. They were picked to win the division or, or push Tampa Bay foot, and now they have to rear end the division and pretty, pretty much bad off, and the whole conference is one of the worst teams in football. Man, if I'd have called you and told you the Falcons were going to have a better year than the Saints, you would have told me I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would have, Buck. 
<laughs> I said, you're nuts. But I went to the first game in the Dome uh, in, in Atlanta, and I saw something there. I'm like, boo, this is a good little football club. They they playing together, coaches, staff playing with them. You don't see that with the Saints. Now, it was a fluke when the Saints beat them because whoever your defense coordinator was up with two scores decided to play prevent the whole fourth quarter, and it cost them. But in this situation, I like the way Atlanta's playing. But look. They got a quarterback issue, too, because I am not showing on Mariota. I mean, he's he kind of fallen off the face of the earth. But Atlanta's got talent. Uh, they've got a coaching staff there that's working with their club. Nobody expected to be where they're at. I mean, now, look, you gotta, we got to watch out for them at the end of the season. Not that they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but the fact they're going to get better. And come next season, they're a few players away. Just wish they would hit the line of scrimmage. They think it's a seven-on-seven league, John. I mean, we're right. going with Kyle Pitts and – Got this receiver out of USC with the last two first round picks, and we're getting killed up front. Yeah, they, you know, you know as well as I do. You play the position of quarterback. You don't have offensive linemen, and you don't have a running game. Uh, and they do have a pretty decent running game, but they just don't have the linemen or the depth wise. They got the receiving core. You know, they're missing linemen, and they're really missing a quarterback. And now I don't know what the young kid's going to do. I'm sure he's the future. But right now, they got to find ways just to win football games and keep it close. And, you know, defense hasn't played great. They haven't played bad either. Thanks for the insight, John. All right, Buck. Anytime, my friend. Take care of yourself. Hey, appreciate it, John. Hey, Tom, Buck. You know it, buddy. Appreciate hey, good luck it. with care, that buddy. down there. Hey, I'll- I'll be in I'll be in uh, in Georgia for the game. Uh, I'm going to the game and I'll be at the uh, Atlanta game on that Sunday. My girlfriend's business has invited us up for the for the weekend, so we'll be up there in in Atlanta for the SEC in the in the game. So I'll give you a buzz. Yeah, please do, man. Hopefully, I can get down there and see you. All right, buddy. Take see care, you, man. Buddy. All right, buddy. Four K and I go way back. Just love that guy and that Cajun accent. Best storyline this week has been my man Rick Neuheisel speaking up at the Knoxville Quarterback Club. If there is a Georgia-Tennessee rematch in the playoffs, Neuheisel said, and I quote, he's taking the volunteers. Now, I texted him immediately and told him he was the talk of the town, and he replied, you're welcome, referencing the great content providing guys like me in Atlanta. Neuheisel told him in Knoxville the Sanford Stadium crowd noise was a huge factor. Hooker was unable to check to run calls. The noise caused the Vols offensive line to jump multiple times. And uh, Neuheisel said that would not be a factor in the rematch. Oh, really? Now, wouldn't that be in the national semifinal game here in Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A kickoff or, or the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl? And wouldn't Georgia dominate as far as the crowd goes? I know Tennessee would be scrapping to get in there, fan base trying to get in there. But come on, this Bulldog Nation would take over MBS too and give Georgia another home field edge in that game. Rick is right about one thing. Josh Heupel would adjust after studying the game video and would probably have a much better plan the second time around. All right, that's going to do it for Buck's Beat, Episode 75. We appreciate my man 4K joining in. Hope you'll join me next time here on Buck's Beat. Subscribe to Buck's Beat and get the latest updates every week from the most connected guys in Georgia sports. Follow Buck at BuckBaloo8 on Twitter. And check out all the fan podcasts at thepodcastpark.com. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.